Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, here I am, and ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again, a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. For the word of God in Scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Now the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. What do you do if you can't hear? A couple of years ago on a Wednesday night, you know, B.C., before COVID, when we were all gathering together, Smoke Rise was hosting a hearing test in our church's library. We brought in an audiologist and his equipment. Now, I didn't really need a test, but the folks in the library looked so lonely. So I went and I put on those headphones that are anything but cool. They make a fashion statement, just not a positive one. And I'm listening for these beeps and raising my hand. Many of you have participated before. I finished the test and I prepared to get the good news. And then he tells me, your hearing is good, but not great. And I leaned forward and said, now what? So he said louder, your hearing is good. 
And he explained that, that I would have trouble hearing some consonants and trouble with higher pitched voices like females. Well, I was deflated when I came back to my table and I was trying to recount for my family all that the audiologist had said. And I concluded saying, and he told me you will have trouble hearing female voices. And my wife, without missing a beat, said, yes, I can verify that. But what if you can't hear God speaking? What about those moments in life when, to quote 1 Samuel, the word of the Lord is rare? Most of us are familiar with the experience. Some call it a wilderness experience. For some, silence comes like a season. Winter. Blustery winds and bitter cold. And we're struck suddenly. It may be when we experience the death of a loved one. And after the visitation and funeral, when all of our family and friends have left, we are alone in this house that no longer feels like home, and the silence is deafening. And that same silence descends on the doctor's office just after the diagnosis or on the home of the hopeful mother after a miscarriage. And during this strange last year, many people have struggled with this silence and stillness. I hear their words in our phone call conversation, and I read their words in text and emails. I have never felt so alone. This place is empty. I just wait and wait. I try to watch TV, but then I turn it off and just sit in the silence. Yes, for some it is a season. And of course for others, silence is almost a constant companion. It was for Mother Teresa a reminder that even the faithful among us sometimes struggle with this silence. It was her spiritual advisor that shared that the last 40 years of her life, she wrestled with the silence of God. She wrote, as for me, the silence and emptiness is so great that I look and do not see. I listen and do not hear. 
And so the opening lines of Samuel's story seem to be not a one-time occurrence, but an event that has happened over and over in the lives of those seeking to follow God. And yet, before we get to those words, let us look at the images in this passage, for they are powerful. Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see. This first image of of an aging priest living in the shadows and the image is darkness and despair. But, but the lamp of God had not yet gone out. It may be the most important verse in the entire story. It doesn't break the eerie silence, but the lamp does pierce the darkness. It's not yet a word to be heard, but it's an image that evokes hope. And friends, no matter how deep the darkness and how empty the silence, the lamp of God has not gone out. It was Martin Luther King Jr., whose life we celebrate tomorrow, who once said, God is still around. And one day you're going to need him. The problems of life began to overwhelm you and disappointments will begin to beat at your life's door like a tidal wave. And if you don't have a deep and profound faith, you aren't going to be able to make it. I know this from personal experience, King said. And Hannah, Samuel's mother, she knew it too. Oh, she knew the feeling that the word of the Lord was rare. She struggled to conceive and she prayed over and over, day after day, month after month, year after year. Hannah prayed and cried. She would go by herself and cry. It's not a bad practice when it feels like God is silent. Carl Hart was a former member here at Smoke Rise and and a teacher in the Seeker Sunday School class. He remembered, when I was 16 years old, I walked into my mother's bedroom and found her crying. And I asked, what's the matter? And it was Clifford, my oldest brother. He was off in the war. And she hadn't heard from him in over a month. 
And the last letter that she had received from him told her that he was in the Pacific. And she read news reports after news reports and she just couldn't hold back anymore. She had to find a place to cry. So she went to her bedroom and closed the door. And Carl concludes, I didn't stop mama from crying. She needed to cry. And so did I. Carl did. And we do. And Hannah did. And God never condemns her for her tears, but instead accepts those prayers and those tears as an offering. And Samuel, who we read about in today's text, Samuel is the answer to her prayers. And he's asleep in the temple. And God speaks. But note, at first, Samuel doesn't recognize the voice. He assumes it's Eli. And this is what we learn. Sometimes when God speaks, we don't recognize the voice. And this may be the hardest part of hearing God, learning to listen to the little things. And here is what we learn in this story. Sometimes God's voice sounds just like a human voice. Samuel thought it was Eli. God must have sounded like Eli. Isn't that amazing? But you know it's true that, that God speaks through human voices. Most of us have never heard God say audibly, I love you. So God speaks through mothers and fathers and grandmothers and grandfathers. God speaks through a spouse or a child or a friend that says, I love you to the moon and back. I love you forever. I'll like you for always. I do. who chooses to give to you that most precious gift that we just prayed about, the gift of their time. Have you ever heard the voice of God? I have. Through family members and friends who are on this journey of life with me, through people in this church congregation, this gathered body, I treasure the wise sayings, even of those who have gone before us, grandparents, I can still tell you the words that were spoken by my seventh grade Sunday school teacher. So many voices, and some would call my name, Chris, 
Chris, and at the time I didn't realize it, but later looking back, I discovered that the divine was speaking through these human voices. The voice of God, I've heard it. The words echo when I read C.S. Lewis and Fred Craddock and Anne Lamont and Peter Gomes and, and Martin Luther King Jr. and Barbara Brown Taylor. I hear it when soloists sing or choral ensembles or our choir lift their voices I hear it when I sing from our hymnal. Celtic Christians used to talk about these thin places between earth and the eternal, little cracks and crevices where the eternal enters our world, sometimes in what we call casual conversations over a cup of coffee. And we get glimpses of heaven and we find ourselves engaged in a divine discourse wherever we are, the back porch or the table at McDonald's or the bridge over the stream and we're standing on holy ground. It happens. But I don't want to minimize that sometimes, sometimes the words of books or hymns or even the heartfelt words of family and friends, they seem to ring hollow. There are times in life when the word of the Lord seems rare. And what are we to do in those moments? I recently received a call from a church member and she was distraught by the diagnosis of a member of her family. And she was asking for prayers, but she confessed that she struggled with what to say or how to even pray. That she couldn't find comfort or sense God speaking in the midst of this struggle. What she was saying is, I am scared, and it seems that God is silent. And Eli must have felt this way. His vision was dim. His hearing was failing. He may have felt abandoned by God, judged and found lacking. And so he's going through the motions of faith even if his heart is no longer in it. And it must have been hard. But notice, Eli still had a part to play in God's plan. Eli had not heard God's voice. In fact, Eli never hears God's voice in this story. 
But it is Eli who offers assistance to Samuel. It is Eli that serves as God's instrument. It's Eli who tells him, go, lie down. And if he calls to you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Eli can't hear, but he can still help. And Eli teaches Samuel to hear in a different way. And in those moments in life, even when we cannot hear God's voice, we may still help others. It was a couple of years ago, right at this time of year, I'd made a New Year's resolution and, and I tried to exercise. Most of those days I ran a little and walked a lot, maybe a mile total. And my son David walked with me. And one week, I don't remember if it was late January or early February, I got so sick. I was completely miserable lying in bed. And, and that afternoon, David came to my room and he brought me a Gatorade and he said, Daddy, I know you're sick. So I ran for you a lot because I knew you couldn't. And it was like a gift that he had given me. Of course, exercise doesn't work that way, but faith does. Don't you remember the story of the paralytic man? Isn't that what happened in that story? It's right there in, in Mark 2. The man was paralyzed. He couldn't do anything. And his friends, they want him to see Jesus. But the room, the house is so crowded, they can't get in. So they climb on the roof and they tear apart the roof and they lower their friend before Jesus. Oh, that's an exercise in determination. But what's most amazing is what Jesus says to them. For it says there in Mark 2, when Jesus saw their faith, the faith of his friends, Jesus looked at the man and said, son, your sins are forgiven. You see, when I can't pray, because I don't know what to say or, or because I'm so brokenhearted or disappointed that I can't close my eyes and open my heart or utter a word, someone says, I know you can't, not now. So I prayed for you. I went to God on your behalf and I prayed a lot because I knew you couldn't, not now. 
or when you can't believe because doubt has the day. Someone may say to you, I know today it's too hard for you to believe it, for you to believe anything. So I'm going to believe for you and walk alongside you. And even when you can't hear God, you can still help someone else. You can still serve as God's instrument. Do you need proof? Look at Eli. And look at Mother Teresa. And look at the friends of that paralytic man. I can't hear God now, but I can help. And we must never forget God speaks through human voices. We just have to embrace a different way of hearing. And we can be helpful, even if we can't hear. Because one day, someday, not far from here, not far from where you are, God will want to speak. And God will borrow a voice. Yours. Let's pray.